In the name of one God who creates, redeems, and sustains us. Amen. Wordle. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know what Wordle is, it is a short, simple word game that a husband made as a gift to his wife. You have five letters and six tries to guess the word. Many, this, this wordle has taken the internet by storm the past few months. Many people post their wordle results online and then others comment back and forth about how they did and how hard that day's wordle was. There are family chat groups where people send their wordle results and in fact, this week it was reported, actually reported, that a woman was rescued from a dire situation as her children noticed she had not sent her Wordle results to the rest of the family and they wondered what was wrong. Yes, I play. No, I do not post my score, I just compete with myself. But I have been fascinated about why this game has taken off like a rocket ship. Why Wordle and not one of the other thousands of word games that are available online or in the old-fashioned books that you can still buy at the grocery store, right? What is it about this game that makes it so satisfying for us? Why do people, true story, wait up until one minute after midnight so they can play the next day's game as soon as possible? Or, not that I'm guilty of this, might wake up in the morning, grab your phone, and the first thing you look at is the Wordle. Watching this has been like watching a sociology experiment. And then this week, I listened to the Happiness Lab podcast. And the podcaster, she was interviewing Adam Grant, whose article in the New York Times, and actually also his TED Talk, but the article in the New York Times on languishing went viral last year. Adam Grant calls languishing the middle ground between flourishing which is when you are at the peak of your well-being and everything is wonderful, and depression, the valley of ill feeling. Languishing, he says, is the feeling of blah or meh. In fact, he points out in the podcast that most of the words that describe languishing are kind of monosyllabic eh words. His point in this was that during the pandemic, especially as it has carried on for the past two years, has brought on languishing. Not good, not bad, just meh, getting along. It might be characterized, languishing might be characterized by staying in bed longer than usual in the morning but you still get up and go to work and have a meh work day. 
Or maybe it's rewatching a program or a movie that you've seen many, many, many times before, Princess Bride. Or it's staying up and scrolling through your social media feeds or waking up in the morning and scrolling through your social media feeds before you get out of bed. There are things that don't really contribute something to your life and they just kind of make you feel meh. What I love about Adam Grant's article is it doesn't just frame a social issue, societal issue, and be like, well, there you are. He actually gives ways to climb out of languishing. The first, the first is to just name it. And in fact, that is true with all of our emotions. We may not always be able to control how we feel, but when we name our emotion, it does give us control on how we want to react. Another step to dispel languishing is to find flow. And if you want to hear way more about flow, see me after the service and I'll talk to you about Shik Smahali and all of his writing on it. But flow are those moments when you're in the zone, right? When you're totally engrossed in what you're doing and you give uninterrupted attention and in the end you have great satisfaction or joy. And the last thing he recommended was to find small wins with manageable difficulty. Like a word game where you guess five letters and six guesses. It's manageable. After six guesses, you're finished. Now tic-tac-toe, tic-tac-toe is still sitting and languishing. You know it's gonna be short and it's gonna finish, but you're never gonna win and it's really meh. So Wordle, it is finite, and it gives a lot of us satisfaction and joy, and when we finish, we don't feel blah, like rewatching the seasons of The Bachelor all over again and again and again, haven't done it. You feel accomplishment when you finish, and you see your score, and then you get your score as to how it's scored against all your other scores. Did you get it in one guess, or two guesses, or four? Or did you not get it that day, and then you go complain online? But the truth is, is that because it is a small win with a manageable difficulty, when we follow all of these steps, we rediscover our energy and our enthusiasm that we have been missing these years, and we begin to pull up out of languishing. Now I know. I know. Some of you are sitting out there going, Reverend Rachel, this is really great. But what does this have to do with Jesus? We aren't here for a TED Talk on sociology or psychology. We're here to be in community, right? Right? All right, maybe. I think we're here to strengthen our relationship with God. Or at least that's why I think most of you are here. So I got you. I got you. Just stick with me on this. Because all of this talk about languishing, it makes me wonder about our relationship with God after two years of a pandemic. 
How many of us come to church and are saying, meh, or blah, with the church, or about your whole life? And then for others, I believe church was one of the places that we could go where we didn't feel meh. But I can say corporately, I believe we were in a languishing mode for a good part of our time. Our outreach has shrunk. Attendance is coming back, but it is still down from where we were before. And at St. Cross, we did a great job of surviving, of continuing. But I'm not sure how often we felt that we were flourishing throughout the past two years. Another sign to me of languishing is that as we come out of the pandemic, the great resignation that we are seeing in the work world where everybody's quitting their jobs and doing something else, it's not just in the employment field. It's also in the volunteer field because all of us are reassessing what is really worth my time. So I get cutting back on volunteer activities, only I would say at church here, we aren't volunteers, we're disciples. And the difference you may ask, volunteers go out and they do good, lots of good. They help others, and often they learn that they are helping themselves too. But disciples? Disciples do all of that. But what is more, we help others specifically to share God's love and to come closer to one another through that love. Disciples tap into the flow that God gives us when we work together. But we have to show up first. Our connection to God doesn't just magically appear when we walk into a church building. And I'm here to say today, we cannot give up on being disciples because that is just a fundamental part of our faith. Our vestry recognizes that our church has not been able to participate in outreach the way we used to. It has been more difficult to hold events where people might walk through our doors like the Hermosa Beach Historical Society or concerts in our sanctuary. We even grievously had to move Christmas services online this year. There are dozens of reasons why we are languishing. And yet, yet, your vestry, the leaders of this congregation, we spent our retreat time focusing on small wins with just manageable difficulty. And our hope is that through that, the energy and the enthusiasm for God and for service will go, grow. We know we are called to start new ministries. We know that we are called to invite, yes, invite people into our church. We are called to strengthen our own discipleship and work on our relationship for God. In short, we're to do one wordle for Jesus at a time. 
And our gospel today, see, I told you I get to Scripture. Our gospel today points us in the right direction, and it gives us hope in our languishing. Jesus has just finished giving the Beatitudes that we heard last, last week, and he continues with what we hear today. I say to you that listen. Are you listening? And then Jesus instructs the listeners how we can share God's love with one another. Jesus lays out for them a plan Here's the attitude you need. Here's the speech you need to have. Here are the actions you're going to do. What is the attitude? It's right there in front. He says you need to have an attitude of love and of doing good. And what is going to come out of your mouth? What are those words that you are going to say? You are going to bless and you are going to pray. And once you have gotten your attitude of love and doing good and you have started blessing and praying, what are you to do? You are to go out. You are to engage in God's action. And you are to offer. And you are to give. And you are to do. And you are to love. And you are to do good. And you are to lend to those in need. That is the hope that Jesus gives us today. This way forward even a way forward when we might be languishing in our life or in our relationship with God. Love, do good, bless, pray, and then put it into action. Jesus gives us the formula for small wins with a just manageable difficulty. As we move closer and closer to Lent, we have this perfect opportunity to engage more deeply in our discipleship. We can commit together, the clergy, the leadership, and all of our parishioners, we can commit to have small wins with God with a just manageable difficulty, to love more, to bless more, to pray more, and then to gather together, to gather together as we go into the Easter season and to put our love into action. I yearn, in fact, I pray that our discipleship will spread, that it will spread like, not wildfire, because we don't say that in California anymore. But I'm hoping our love will spread like California poppies on the hillside after a good rain. I pray that our discipleship of sharing our love and serving others will not just be satisfying, that it not just pull us out of languishing, but that we recognize that such work is of utmost importance to us. And like Wordle, we will wait with anticipation for the next opportunity to engage, knowing that in time, we too will be restored with our energy and our enthusiasm for our ever-loving God. Amen.